Hey mama, are you terrified of labor? Are you wanting to get healthy for you and for your baby or your family? Maybe you're struggling to feel sexy postpartum. If that's you, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Fit Mama podcast, where I'm spilling all of the pregnancy and postpartum secrets you need to know. I'm Sarah, your fitness bestie. I'm a certified prenatal and postnatal fitness specialist, certified Pilates instructor, and certified yoga teacher. I'm also a certified hot mess mama of a two-year-old boy, and I'm currently pregnant with identical twin girls. So reheat your coffee, settle in, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Fit Mama podcast. Before we jump into anything today, let's address the elephant in the room because I do sound a little bit like Lindsay Lohan when she was going through her party phase, like in the early 2000s, very nasally, a little bit like I've been smoking a pack a day for a couple years. Like, It's not a great vocal situation right now, but I've been sick for the last week and today I'm finally starting to feel a little human. So I'm going to do my best to record this podcast because today's topic is just way too good to resist. I cannot put it off any longer because I'm dying to talk about it. In this episode, we are going over how fitness influencers have absolutely ruined this industry. And as a result, they are leading hundreds of thousands of women down the wrong path when it comes to their own health and wellness. But before we jump in, as always, we have our two opening segments. We have our bump date and our question of the week. So a really brief bump date. I am 23 weeks right now. I'll be 24 weeks when this podcast goes up. And it's been a rough week. I'll be totally honest. Probably the roughest week I've had all pregnancy. Baby girls shifted a lot lower. I think I mentioned that in the last bump date. But as they did that, they found a weird position over my uterus in my pelvic area where they were pressing into my tailbone in a way that made pain, just like excruciating pain every time I sat down. So I couldn't sit. I couldn't sleep without just this terrible pain. And that was mentally really tough. That also happened right in the middle of getting this terrible cold. And so mentally, I just thought I was about to lose my mind. And so the only thing that would provide relief was standing up or walking and stretching. And so I really just kind of toughed it out. I did talk to my doctor. She confirmed my suspicion that it was just due to baby girl's positioning and did offer some pain medicine if I felt that I needed it. But thankfully, by the time that uh, she had responded to me, the pain was starting to ease up. And I can say now about a week later, it is almost entirely gone. It still hurts when I drive and when I'm sitting in weird positions, but for the most part, it's over. So I'm actually going to get back into the gym this morning. I'm really excited because I haven't felt like myself this last week. I really took off training completely just to focus on walking and stretching and uh, recovering from the cold and the tailbone pain. So not a great week, not a win in this pregnancy week, but I am looking forward to brighter days ahead. Don't forget as well, I want to be keeping up with your bump dates. I know so many of you are pregnant right now who are listening to this podcast or who follow me on TikTok and Instagram. So please tag me in your bump dates. I love to see your little growing bellies, your ultrasound pictures, all of the good stuff. So 
Be sure to tag me. I love to see it. And speaking of connecting with you guys through social media, our comment question of the week actually comes from someone on Instagram who won a bit of free private coaching from me. So if you missed it on Friday, I offered free private coaching to three women, the first three women who would reach out through DMs with their questions, and I gave them very specific advice to their questions. So this question was so good, I thought immediately, I have to talk about this on the podcast. So her question in summary was, should you have a certain macro split to lose weight? Or should you be eating, in other words, a certain amount of protein, carbs, and fat to lose weight? And can you inhibit weight loss or kind of sabotage your weight loss goals by eating the wrong amounts of certain amount of macros? So While I don't give exact macro splits, which is something I'm going to be talking about later on in today's podcast, why I don't do that, but because I don't do that, I can't give her an exact answer, but what I can say is that the high-protein diets have been shown to have better results for weight loss and long-term sustained weight loss, meaning that you're not just going to be able to lose the weight, but you're more likely to keep it off when you have a high protein diet. Now, I am not saying that you need to go keto or that you need to go paleo or all of the fad protein diets. Please hear me out. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is prioritize your lean, healthy proteins first on your plate. That should be your priority. And then once you have gotten your protein source already decided, then I want you to think about fruits and veggies. After we figured out fruits and veggies, and that takes up another large portion of your plate, go in with the grains, and then finally you're going to garnish with fat. That is the ideal kind of breakdown or portion sizes for weight loss. Now, the second part of her question was also really fascinating. She was asking, can you eat too much of a certain macro? And then sabotage your weight loss essentially. And yes, if you eat too much of any macro, you will sabotage your weight loss because at the end of the day, if you are eating more than you need in terms of energy to live your life and do the things that you're doing, then your body is going to store that excess energy. It doesn't just evaporate. It doesn't disappear. It gets stored somewhere. And so if you overdo it with any macro, you will retain weight or gain weight. There is one macro that I told her tends to trip people up, and this is fat. Now, hear me out. Again, I am not demonizing fat. You need fat, especially as women. Fat is so helpful for our hormones, okay? So you are going to eat fat. Hear me out. Coach Sarah is not telling you to eliminate fat from your diet. But this is a very sneaky macro. Fat has, per gram, nine calories. Whereas protein and carbs have four calories per gram, which means by eating a small quantity of fat, you are getting double the amount that you would from protein or carb in that same volume, right? And so people will use fat in their cooking methods or they'll use it on their salads and their dressings and they don't think about it because you don't really consider the cooking method when you're counting your calories, right? Like if you fry something in a tablespoon of butter, you might not be considering that that's an extra hundred plus calories 
that you've added to your meal. Or if you drizzle a tablespoon of olive oil, same thing. You used it as just like a small garnish or something that was just a flavor additive for your salad, but it's calories that you're adding to your meal that you might not have been contemplating or considering. So this is a macro that can be kind of tricky and something that women, when they are on a weight loss journey, do need to be aware of. Not eliminate, just be smart. Eat your fats from smart sources. Weight loss can often feel really complicated, but unless you have a medical condition, it really isn't too complicated. And I feel like fitness influencers have truly overcomplicated everything and they have led so many women astray. And so today I want to talk about how they've done that, but in some not so obvious ways. I'm sure some of the initial ways that I'm going to mention really briefly you've heard of before, so I'm not even going to spend that much time on them because if you are interested in health and fitness, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure that you are, you probably already know the first few things that I'm going to mention. Like it's obvious, but there are some very not so obvious, very subtle things that they do that are ruining our perspective on how to get healthy. And that's where I really want to dig in today. So let's start with the obvious things and just throw them out the window to start with. Fitness influencers have made bank, I mean absolute bank, selling ridiculous products, right? Detoxes, teas, juice cleanses, supplements that you don't need, crash diets. Those things are so wild, like wildly inappropriate in that you don't need them but wildly unethical in the sense that they know you don't need them. They're not using those things. I can promise you that they are not doing a detox juice cleanse on January 1st for longer than it took to shoot that 30-second video and post it on social media. They don't care. They go to the gym and they eat healthy. That is their only secret. And maybe plastic surgery, but we'll get into that later. But these are the obvious things, right? Like if you've been in the fitness space for any time at all, you've heard this before. You don't need a detox. Your liver does the detoxing. You don't need a skinny tea that's just making you poop. Like we know these things. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But if one of those things that I just mentioned like rocked your world, send me a message on Instagram or on TikTok and I will explain why those things aren't necessary. But now I want to get into three things that they do that are so subtle and devious. The first thing that these fitness influencers have done to ruin the industry is that they show what's known as maximalist training. They show you how to work out in a way where you are going to get the maximum amount of gains out of every single muscle, right? Because that's what they want. They want their body to be pushed to its extreme especially like these bodybuilders, they are going to absolute extremes and portraying that as a picture of health. So maximalist training is going to show you people being extreme in the sense that they are spending extremely long amounts of time in the gym. They're lifting weights that are extremely heavy. They're doing cardio for hours and hours and hours sometimes. And none of that is actually necessary for you to be healthy. 
You don't have to trade in such a maximalist, extreme way to get results. So maybe this still sounds a little bit hazy for you. Let me give you an example. If you have ever seen a video on Instagram or on TikTok that is showing you someone's workout split and what they train in a week, and on Monday, they're training one muscle group, and on Tuesday, it's another muscle group, and on Wednesday, it's this, and they've got something different every single day of the week, and every single day of the week, they're in the, hour, they're in the gym for more than an hour, and then they're doing cardio on top of that, and then they're also doing abs, that is maximalist training. And there's nothing wrong with it if you've got that kind of time, but it's not necessary. And the reason I say that this has ruined the fitness industry is because the people who are most popular on social media are the people who have the extremely cut bodies. We love to see these bodies that are super toned, super muscular. Like we want that for ourselves. And because we want that for ourselves, we think the only way to get it, and in some ways it is, the only way to get that level of cut and leanness is to train like an absolute demon in the gym. Like it becomes your entire life. But what they're not showing you is that they are sacrificing their personal lives. They're sacrificing their work-life balance. They sacrifice their relationship with food more often than not because they can't enjoy a simple meal without needing to know the exact calorie and macronutrient breakdown of that meal or checking in with their coach. Like their lifestyle is not often mentally nor physically healthy. And that is what I mean by maximalist training. They portray it as something that is attainable for everyone because they want you to follow them and imitate them. When in reality for most of us, especially us moms, that is not attainable. We don't have two hours to be at the gym, plus the commute, plus the shower time. Like. We don't have that kind of time. And if you do, you go, Bubba. Like, go for it. I will be cheering you and your 20-pack abs on. But for most of us, we don't have that kind of time. It is extremely discouraging to see that body and that body alone portrayed on social media. Even at my leanest before getting pregnant with this set of twins, I was not cut like a bodybuilder ready to go on stage. I was healthy. I had abs. But I was not that level of cut. But I was still extremely healthy. And I was working out at the gym maybe four days a week, maybe running some, doing a bit of walking, but very attainable. So that is the way that number one, fitness influencers are ruining the industry. If you are following people that make you feel like crap because you're not in the gym every single day of the week, it's time to unfollow them. They really aren't serving you, they're not helping. And what they are portraying is necessary is not necessary. And so that discouragement is not helping you on your journey. You need to unfollow. You can revisit them later if you're in a better place mentally. But for now, just unfollow. Okay, the next subtle, devious way that they are ruining the industry. They give unrealistic timelines for visible change. We see transformation photos on social media literally all the time. And it will always have this ridiculous timestamp on it of like six weeks later. This is what I look like. Six weeks later, and I've gone from having excess body fat and looking sad and my shoulders are shrugged to looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger sidekick in his recent action movie. Like, that is so unrealistic. And the reason for that is this. 
They're doing extreme things to get those results, if those are real results. And number two, a lot of those results aren't even real. All they're doing is changing their posture, lighting, they get a tan, they fix their hair, they stand up straighter, they have good posture, and boom, they look like a totally different person. There is a woman on social media, let me look up her handle really quick. Okay, her handle is Danae Mercer. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. I'll put it in the show notes. But she shows before and afters being done in real time. She will show her own body before and after in a 30-second span, and she will look like a totally different person just by the way that she's holding herself. It's wild. But they can show these befores and afters and give you this timeline and say, just join my four-week program or sign up for my app, and in three weeks, you'll see this. No. No, you're not because real change takes time. And if you've ever felt discouraged on your fitness journey because you only lost a pound this week or half a pound, or maybe you just maintained this week, let me tell you, those are all wins. Those are all wins when you are on a weight loss journey. Or let's say you're trying to gain muscle and all you've done is gained maybe a pound of muscle this month. Girl, that's still a pound of muscle. That's a huge deal. Muscle is hard to build. Those are wins. But if you're comparing yourself to these unrealistic timelines, these unrealistic transformation photos, you're going to feel like a failure. And speaking of these unrealistic transformations, don't you find it weird that these fitness influencers post transformations like four or five times a year? If that transformation was really sustainable like they said it was, Wouldn't they still look the same a few months later? Why are they needing to do transformation journeys every three months? Or maybe the truth is that they are crash dieting and doing unrealistic and unsafe things in the gym to achieve those results. I think that's what it really is. And I think that they're lying to their following to get more followers, to get more clicks, more likes, more money in their pockets. It's unethical and it's wrong and it's ruining the industry. And the last way these fitness influencers are absolutely ruining the industry is actually illegal. It's illegal. It's not just unethical. It's illegal. You can end up with massive fines or jail time for doing this and they do it anyway. And it's not just fitness influencers. This is health coaches everywhere. Okay? I <laughs> I feel like I'm going to make some people mad with this one because I have friends on social media who I have a sneaking suspicion do this. So if you're listening to this and you hear me call you out for something illegal, please stop. Like, I love you. Please stop. Okay. So here goes. Unless you are a registered dietitian or a physician, in most cases, it is illegal to give out meal plans. I'm going to say that again. Unless you are a registered dietitian, I said RD, not a nutritionist, not a health coach. Those terms don't have legal standing, at least not in the United States. Unless you are a registered dietitian or a physician, you are not legally allowed to give out meal plans. And these health coaches and fitness influencers are selling meal plans openly. And they will tell you, you can buy a meal plan for me for $20 and change your life. 
One influencer actually got into a lot of trouble for this within the last year. She is being sued by the state of Texas for doing this. Her name is Brittany Dawn. If you were plugged into like the fitness world anywhere from like six to 10 years ago, she was the it girl on social media because she looked beautiful, tan, blonde, like everyone wanted to look like Brittany Dawn. And she told people that she would give them custom meal plans, custom workout plans, So first off, there was nothing custom about it. And all of these clients figured out that she was giving cookie cutter plans to all of them. And then two, she was giving out meal plans, which as I've already said, two, three times now, that's illegal. She's not an RD. She's not a physician. And so now she's being sued by the state of Texas over it. She had no business giving out any of those meal plans. She had no business calling things custom when they weren't. It was highly illegal, and I think that there's no way she could possibly win this case now that she's being sued by the state. I don't know how things are going to pan out for her, but I'm assuming it's not going to go very well. Now, on the flip side, let me give you an example of a coach who knew their boundaries very well, even though they could have overstepped their boundaries quite easily. When I was younger, I actually worked with an NFL coach. So... This wasn't a coach of a team. He coached the actual athletes in the gym. And so when I grew up in Memphis, he was located there and he helped a lot of the Tennessee Titan athletes, a lot of the athletes around in that area who lived there as their home base. And so I was going into his gym. He was helping to train me as well as my brother. And we were wanting to put on some muscle before the next fall season began for our sports. And so we were asking him, what should we be eating? What do we need to do, et cetera, et cetera. And he very clearly drew a boundary with us and said, I will not tell you what to eat. I cannot give you a meal plan. I can tell you that you need to be eating more protein, more calories if you want to build muscle, but that's it. That is not legal for me to do. This man trained NFL athletes. I would have trusted him with my entire life when it came to sports and building muscle, and yet he still would not cross that line because he was a professional in his field who knew where the boundaries began and ended for his career. This is why when that person asked me on social media, Sarah, what's the best macro split for losing weight? I was not going to tell her because I don't even want to get close to telling someone what a meal plan might want to look like because I did not study nutrition to the degree of RDs and physicians. So it is unethical and illegal and I won't do it. If you have ever followed a coach or a holistic nutritionist or any person on social media who is offering that and they are not legally authorized to do it, I would unfollow because If you are following them, you are providing them with more visibility in the algorithm and other people might fall into that trap as well. So again, that is one of the ways that coaches, fitness influencers are ruining the industry and it has just got to go. Okay, last one. This one is specifically talking to my mama's postpartum. There are moms on social media who track their whole journey through pregnancy. And they show how they train super hard in the gym and like, good for them. Okay. Most of the time they're not doing things that are super dangerous, which I congratulate them at least on that. But postpartum, 
they will often show themselves in the gym like two weeks postpartum, three weeks postpartum, and they will always put this disclaimer. They will say, you have to listen to your own body. You need to talk with your own doctor. I just feel like my body is ready for this. And then they will do something that is so dangerous. And then they show this rapid transformation of their bodies at six weeks postpartum. And they'll say, oh, well, this is just my body. It's the way that my body has reacted to training and to what I did during pregnancy. Okay, I call BS. And the reason for that is because during those six weeks, your uterus is shrinking back down to size. It had nothing to do with the fact that you were doing dangerous things in the gym at two weeks postpartum. These women are ruining the fitness industry for vulnerable postpartum moms and moms who are pregnant and worried about getting their bodies back after they have their body, their babies. They are doing the most to get clicks. And it is truly horrific how they will lead moms into thinking that, oh, if you feel like you've got enough energy, you can do what I do. And then you'll look like what I do at six weeks, weeks postpartum. No, absolutely not. Because unless they trained like that person all through pregnancy and they ate exactly like that person and they have the exact same genetics, they're not going to look exactly like you postpartum. I feel like I'm talking directly to this one girl in my mind because it's infuriating. It is so wrong. And they never show what they do behind the scenes, the really boring looking exercises that are actually working to bring their abs back together to heal their inner core. If they are doing those things, they're not showing it because that stuff looks boring. But because they refuse to show the reality of what's going on and they only want to show the stuff that looks most impressive where everyone is commenting and wow, you look so amazing. I can't believe you just had a baby. I can't believe you're doing this already. And it's only been a week. Like because they want that amount of attention, they're willing to lead hundreds of thousands of moms into ideas that will harm them and lead to sometimes permanent injury. So that is my last gripe with these fitness influencers today. I feel like I need to like pause and take a a sip of coffee right now because that one got me really heated. I just, I know what it feels like to be postpartum and to be so vulnerable and be comparing yourself with these other moms on social media. And it just makes you feel like absolute garbage when you are covered in breast milk and you're in your pajamas for the second day in a row and you haven't even thought about going to the gym. And then there's little like gym bunny bouncing in her TikTok reel or TikTok or in her reel or whatever. And she looks fresh as a daisy and she's, you know, deadlifting a hundred pounds. Like that feels terrible. And it's also not necessary. It's dangerous. Don't do that. If you are following those kinds of moms, just give them an unfollow because you can get your body back to a place where you feel confident. You feel like that hot milf you've always wanted to feel like, but you don't got to do it that way. In fact, doing it that way can kind of ruin your chances. So I did pause. I took a sip of coffee. I'm feeling a little bit better. feel a little bit more calm. I feel like we need to end the episode here because it's getting to be a bit long. But if there are things that I missed, if there are things that you've seen that have just left your jaw on the floor, please send me a message because I kind of love to talk about this stuff. We can do a part two to this episode, bust some more myths, like get after some of these influencers because... Listen, I grew up very competitive and there's nothing that I love more than a little bit of good smack talk. 
So anyway, send me a message. If you haven't already connect with me on Instagram and TikTok, my handle on both of those platforms is sarahkelly.co. That's Sarah with an H, Kelly with an E-Y dot C-O. Until the next podcast, enjoy your coffee, reheat it if you need to, and drink an extra cup for me.